there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before, and it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected, other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. How many of you have heard of ahimsa? It comes from the Sanskrit, a, uh, meaning non, without, and himsa means violence. It means without violence. Now, a lot of people say non-violence, and that's fine. I like it without violence better. The earliest reference is in the Vedas, which is Hindu scriptures, dating back to the 8th century before the Common Era. So eight centuries before Jesus. It's probably much, much older than that, but we don't have any way to prove that, so we don't talk about that. Ospensky said, Everything has to be done through realization of how to do things, enabling one not to act violently. This doesn't mean acting from sentimental reason, of not forcing people, but from the standpoint of understanding how useless it is. What we're talking about is really not what you do, but how you do it. And we're also talking about not acting violently. We're talking about acting without violence. This concept is not exactly embraced here in the West. In the East, it's more common. But here in the West, it is very uncommon, and it is not embraced. It's not something that we look at and we go, oh, yes, that's a great idea. It's something that we look at and we say, that'll never work. That's how we approach it. We approach it not by embracing it to try and understand it, but we approach it as beneath us or so far above us, idealistic, can't be done, you know, we're all supposedly, you know, the West is pretty much Christianized, and so what you hear is, Jesus said, if someone comes and they want your cloak, give them your shirt also. If someone comes and compels you to carry their burden for a mile, go too. And we say, well, that's great for you, Jesus, but we're living in the real world. Now, let's just think about the real world for a moment. Here was Jesus living in a country that was occupied by a foreign power, the most powerful, brutal foreign power that had ever, to that time, controlled so much of the world, the Roman Empire. This is where Jesus lived. There was a law, a Roman law, that any Roman soldier could compel any non-Roman citizen. Being a Roman citizen was a privilege. Not everybody had it. You had to be either born in Rome or you had to buy it. But the occupied territories, they weren't Roman citizens. So they were basically slaves. So any Roman soldier could compel any one of those people to carry his pack for a mile. And that was the law. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about an occupying army that has the power to kill you if more than three men are gathered on a street corner and to take you away from whatever it is you're doing and make you carry their load for a mile. After that mile, then you can go do whatever you want to do. Now, that's what he was living in. He said, well, if somebody compels you to go for a mile, go too. Somebody takes your cloak, give them your shirt also. And we go, well, that wouldn't work. But that is what your Savior told you to do. Well, but he he didn't know what he was talking about. We, we, We have all these excuses, all these reasons why it doesn't work. Because we can't handle this idea of ahimsa, acting without violence. Mechanical behavior is done for the sake of the behavior itself. So, for example, a man is trained in a certain way. Mechanically, he must do, because he can't help doing. It's mechanical, whether it's good or bad behavior. So there are people who mechanically, you compel them to carry your load for a mile, they'll carry it too, mechanically. That's not what Jesus was talking about. 
that's not ahimsa. That's not acting without violence. So if someone compels you to carry something for a mile, and you carry it too, what are the reasons you could do that? Fear. Fear. This is a Roman soldier. If he says carry it a mile, I'll carry it too. Currying favor. Currying favor. So there you have it. We've been taught to do that. He learned how to do that mechanically. But someone would say, well, that's good. That's what Jesus said to do. But you see that it's not good. And it's not what we're talking about. That's why Ospensky said everything has to be done through the realization of how to do things, enabling one not to act violently. We must realize how to do things. It's not enough to do things. We must know how to do them. Conscious behavior is only possible when we've observed and separated from mechanical behavior. Mechanical behavior lies, has its roots, has its ground of being in personality. That's where mechanical behavior comes from. That's why it exists, because of personality. A conscious man behaves from his understanding of what is necessary. Why is it that we don't behave more from our understanding of what is necessary? Too much effort, you say? Because we are asleep and we don't take the time to wake up. Because we're asleep and we don't take the time to wake up? Any other ideas? We don't understand what's necessary. We don't understand what's necessary. It's that simple. We don't act from our understanding of what's necessary because we don't understand what's necessary. Consciousness. We talk about consciousness. What is consciousness? Remember I told you a couple weeks ago, consciousness is worthless unless you're conscious of something. Well, what must you be conscious of? You better be conscious of understanding. You better be conscious of how things work, understanding what's necessary, understanding how one thing is connected to another thing. Now, how many of you, when your car won't start, go out there and pop the hood and start taking things apart? And right, you don't do that. You call automobile club. Why is that? But because the cars today are not like they were back in the 50s when you could just climb inside, pull the distributor cap off and do this and do that and brush this and fix that. It's not that way anymore. We don't understand how they work now. You pop the hood on a modern car and you look in there and you go, oh, my God, what have they done? Well, that's people who knew the older cars and what they were like. You pop the hood, you could actually recognize where the carburetor was, the air filter, the distributor. You know, you could see all those things. You could see the fan. You could see everything. Now everything is just this block of something. You know, it's like you don't know where to start. You know, now they have places where they plug computers into, and then, then the computer tells you what's wrong with the car. So we don't understand what's necessary. So we don't mess with it. What is necessary is for us to begin to understand what this work is about, to understand what we are about. You must understand what you are about. Well, we understand some of what we're about, and we don't like that. So what do we do instead? Well, we make something else up. We call that pictures and attitudes. We make something else up. That's all. We understand ourselves perfectly, and we don't like it. So we pretend it's some other way. So a conscious man behaves from his understanding of what's necessary. Possessing will, he can will his behavior. A mechanical man is governed from outside and therefore can't overcome violence. A mechanical man will never overcome violence. Even if he stops doing violent behavior, he will not overcome violence because the violence will still be in him. It will still be his ground of being because he will still be in personality. And personality is violent. We say, oh, but not all personalities are violent. Yes, they are. All personalities are violent because they're based in violence. Ospensky said, violence is an emotional state in all people. Doing things with violence, trying to impose upon others, coerce them, and so on. Manipulation is violence. 
trying to get somebody to do what you want them to do or not do what you don't want them to do is violence. This is what Ospensky was saying. We may have charming pictures of ourselves, but we're not charming. Violence is our ground of being. It's where we come from. Everything that we do is based in violence. It is our ground of being. It's what holds us up. How can we conceive a person not based on violence? A man, nothing would make violent. Can you conceive of that? Can you conceive of a man that nothing would make violent? And yet you have examples. Let's go back to the Christian example, because that's well known in our country. Jesus. Okay, so here's a guy who, first of all, is dragged off, dragged out of a garden, taken away from his disciples. Why? Because he was healing people, because he was feeding people, because he was teaching people love and peace and not to be violent and to seek God and seek the kingdom and don't worry about all this other stuff. So he was dragged off in the night and taken before the religious leaders and spit on and beat and accused of all kinds of things. What did he do? Nothing. Nothing at all. He didn't even answer his accusers. He did not respond with violence. So then they figure, well, we can't do anything with this guy. So they say, well, I adjure you by the living God if you're the son of God, blah, 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 blah. He says, you said it. Well, that was all they needed. So they drag him off. First thing in the morning, they drag him off to Pilate's house and they say, you know, this guy, you got to put this guy to death. Pilate says to him, look, uh, don't you realize that I had the power of life and death over you? And he says, you don't have any power except what's been given to you from above. Pilate goes, well, okay, your life is in my hands. My life is not in your hands. No violence. So they take him out back and they beat the living crap out of him, almost kill him. And then they take him off and crucify him, which is a really nasty way to die. Very painful. So he's offered some drugs to kill the pain. He says, no, he won't take it. So people come by and they're mocking him and jeering him. If you're the son of God, come off the cross. Come down, then we'll believe in you. Well, look, you saved others, but now you can't save yourself. So would you become violent under those conditions? You bet you would. Did he? No. What did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. So you can conceive of a man who nothing could make violent. What you can't conceive of is being that man. That's how you really answered the question. You can conceive of a man... Yes, you can conceive that there could be someone, but he would have to be God. He couldn't be like me. He couldn't be this kind of a person. And that's right, isn't it? You can't be this kind of a person, a personality, with your ground of being in violence and not react with violence. But the kind of being that you're supposed to be, that you could be, that is possible for you after your transformation, after this being born again, that kind of a man could not be made to act violently. That is your target. That's the kind of a man that this work is trying to transform you into. That's the kind of a man that awaits you. That is the end of this. Or maybe that's the beginning of something else. But it's the end of this work. That is where this work ends. That's where you're going. That's its purpose. You may now realize you're on the wrong bus. That's not what you want. I mean, personally, I don't think I'd really like to be crucified and maligned and spit on and mocked and beat up and have all that. I'm I'm not looking forward to that. Forget that. If that's the graduation test, forget it. I don't really want to do that. But see, that's not it. That's simply an example. That's an example of the extreme of no matter what you do to a man like this, he will not act with violence. So you see, you can conceive of a man that nothing would make violent. A conscious man is from a mechanical man, utterly different, because he's not based on violence. 
He's not interested in or affected by what interests or affects a mechanical man. He is passive to violence. The difference is we aren't really interested in becoming that kind of a man. Our interests are here. Our interests are getting things. Our interests are having things. Our interests are realizing our dreams. These are our interests. Our interests are connected to the five senses. So our interests are about the personality. We're not really interested in that other thing. So the things that interest a man like that don't interest us. Things that a man like that talks about and does, we don't talk about and do. Or we talk about, but we don't do. Because they're not interesting to us. The work says a man can't do unless he overcomes violence. Violence always breeds violence. Doing by means of violence is not doing. All history, which is a history of crime, shows how violence can't do in the work sense. All history shows basically that war follows war. All history is a history of crimes. What else do we have? Well, what about when they invented the airplane? Uh Uh-huh. And what did they use that airplane for? Well, first they used it for spying on the enemy. And then while they were up there, they went, wait, there's the enemy down there. I got this brick here. Maybe if I drop this brick on that guy's head, that'll be one less enemy. And then somebody said, hey, why don't I go up with you and I'll take a gun and I can shoot the enemy from the plane. And then somebody else said, hey, why don't we just attach a gun to the plane? Hey, we could have some grenades that we could drop down on the enemy. So it's a history of violence. Well, what about all the other things they invented, the really good things? The military has used them. The military funded them. You know, we find a violent use for everything. I'm not saying that every great thing comes from violence. What I'm saying is that every great thing is used for violence. Atomic energy could be a wonderful thing. It's not. Why is that? Because of our violence. You can't trust atomic energy. Why? Well, because you can't trust people. That's why it's a big secret, supposedly. Or they tried to keep it a secret for so long. A conscious man never acts from violence. We may observe the part violence plays in us and deduce whether we are near the conscious circle of humanity or not. So this is one of the things that we can do. We can look at ourselves and honestly see the part that violence plays in us. That'll give us an idea of how close or how far away we are from the conscious circle of humanity. It's not a pretty picture, is it? From the standpoint of the conscious circle of humanity, violence is a sign of mechanical man. You look at violence and you go, that's a mechanical man. This person is asleep. You say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they were doing. Why could he say that? Well, because from the conscious point of view, those people did not know what they were doing. They were reacting mechanically and violently. To what? To whatever threatened them. To whatever happened in life. Have you ever reacted mechanically and violently to something that was absolutely no threat at all? Yeah, you hear a boom and you jump up and you grab your rifle, you know, or whatever. And you act mechanically and violently because you imagine that it's something that it's not because it's our ground of being. Regardless of how many rituals and creeds a mechanical man follows, he is incapable of reaching a high level of being unless he works on his violence and then works on it some more and then works on it some more. And guess what? Right. Then works on it some more because it's going to take a long, long time to wash violence out of this suit. This kind doesn't come out except through prayer and fasting. This kind is really stuck in there. Maurice Nicole said, There are no results through violence. Violence breeds violence with all its hatreds, revenges, jealousies, envies, etc. Remember, this work is about our experiences with ourself, not our experiences in life. We must deal with this lunatic called oneself. What happens to you in life matters not. 
What your problem is, is this maniac that is reacting to what happens in life. That's your problem. That's where you need to be working. But where is our force going? Violently trying to change them. Violently trying to alter life. Trying to force things to be some other way. Trying to force keys to fit in locks where they don't belong. Trying to force locks open that you don't have a key for. What's the key? Understanding. You don't have the key for it. What do you do? Force it. Blow it up. Kick it down. This is a violent man's way. If you're only in the power of life, you'll never see you're really wrong. And so you'll continue to act from open or latent violence. In the power of life, you're never going to see that you're wrong. In the power of this work, you will get glimpses of your wrongness. What you do with those glimpses of your wrongness is up to you. But it will give you that privilege of seeing into the reality of yourself. It will let you see what a lying, cheating, violent bag of garbage you really are. When you see that, you have a choice. You can gloss that over with self-justification. You can gloss that over with imagination. You can paste one of your lovely pictures of yourself over that. There's all kinds of things you can do to patch it. Or you can accept it and say, all right, well, what else have you got? Have you got a way out of this for me? Can you show me the way out of this? Can you give me just a little light to help me to get free from this? And the work will always respond with a yes on that. It will always give it to you. It may not give it to you the way you want it. It may not give it to you when you want it, but it will give it to you. Just hearing now and then that we're based in violence isn't going to change anything in us. So you come here once or twice a week and you hear these things and that's not going to do anything. More is required. You listen to a couple of podcasts, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you listen to all of them. That's not going to do it. More is required. We can become conscious in thinking and feeling on a level beyond violence, but we certainly cannot do this alone. At our ordinary mechanical level, we're infested with many dangerous, violent eyes that seek to overthrow our understanding. Violence dissolves understanding. It's a solvent. Violence dissolves understanding. So if you've gained understanding, violence will wash that understanding away. You thought you had it forever. No. Violence will eliminate it. It'll get the stain of understanding out of you. It's like a spot remover. When spot is understanding, violence will get rid of it. Isn't that exciting to know that you have that power? You don't really look that excited. Again, Maurice Nicole said, nothing destroys understanding more than violence. To get to a different level, we must give up certain habitual ways of thinking and feeling. Psychological movement is as real as physical movement, and both of them demand effort to get there. But that's not all. It's not enough to get there. They demand effort to stay there. You don't get there and go to sleep. You get there and continue to make effort to stay there. It's like that. It's like that. That's what it's like. We must remember ourselves while being intimate with the ideas of this work so that they enter the mind and affect small transformations of mechanical states at all times. We have to be so intimate with these ideas. They have to be so internal to us. They have to be so valued by us, cherished by us so esteemed and admired by us that we devote ourselves to them, allowing them to slowly, in tiny ways, transform how we do things on a daily basis, every day. Understanding is always about seeing more and more deeply what we thought we already understood. I don't care what you understand now. You must understand more. I don't care how far you've come. You must go further. Ospensky said, the Gospels are a test for your development of understanding. 
They're esoteric books that will accompany you all through your work. Their meaning is such that they develop as you internally develop. What that means is you read the Gospels possibly much of your life. What that means is is that as you internally develop, they will change. They will change with you. You will understand more of what is there. They are esoteric books, meaning that as your understanding grows, what has always been there will become clear to you at level after level after level. As our understanding of the work, why it exists, what we mean, and what it means to us increases, another will is born in us through obedience to what the work says. Now we have lots of wills, and now we're talking about another will being born in us. And that will will eat up all the other little wills until that will is the will that exists alone, and it's real will. And the only way that happens is through obedience to what the work says. Again, it's not the teaching of Gurdjieff that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the work of esotericism. I'm talking about something much broader. You don't have to just cling to the idea of self-remembering. You don't have to cling to the idea of real I. You don't have to cling to the idea of this or that. None of that is important. It's important, but it's not ultimately important. Those are the training wheels that you need to trade. You need to trade for better training wheels and better training wheels and better training wheels all the time. And all that means is your understanding must increase. Our individual work is to observe violence in ourselves. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. Some of you will recognize that, and some of you have thought about that. I'm going to take the kingdom of heaven by force. And you will, because there's no other way to take the kingdom of heaven. By force is the only way. But it suffers violence. This is Matthew chapter 11, verses 11 and 12, incidentally, for those of you who want to read that on your own. Ospensky said, a violent man can't do, even if he has knowledge, if he hasn't overcome violence in himself, his work will go wrong. Where is the kingdom of heaven? Within you. Okay. What is it? Uh, Not as quick with the answers now. Well, that's a little bit harder to explain. Yes, it's an expanding state of consciousness. It's a good standard. There you go. If you want to know what the kingdom of heaven is, it's an expanding state of consciousness. How can we take it by force? Clearly, this is violence within ourselves. If the kingdom of heaven is within you and it's to be taken by force, then we must somehow have violence inside of us. We know that we do, right? We know that we're violent. But this violence needs to be turned against ourselves. Or you think, but I am violent with myself. Oh, look at how I abuse myself. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Now, we know that we can only do with force. You have to have force to do anything. Without force, nothing gets done. All force is gained only by working on a feature within oneself. So you have a feature in you. Maybe you're a congenital liar. Maybe you're a thief. You like to take credit for what other people have done. Maybe you're just violent to other people. You just verbally abuse them. Or maybe you just think bad things about people. Maybe you just imagine that you're better than other people and you think, less of them because of that. That's doing violence to them. You understand that, right? All of those things are doing violence to other people. We're talking about doing violence to ourselves. Not to act with violence is violence on oneself. When you don't act with violence, you are doing violence to yourself. Well, how is that? The self that is personality only wants to do violence because it is violent. And when you don't let it, you're doing violence to it. So when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take it by force, 
he was giving us a clue that we needed to expand our consciousness through not allowing ourselves to do the negative things that we naturally wish to do. So again, it's the act of taking away, not of adding to. Last night we were having dinner and I asked Patty something and she said something and I said, well, you're coming at it from the wrong end. She said, well, what's the right end? I said, well, that's the wrong end. The right end is the wrong end. You know, if I have to get it right, that's wrong. I said, it's not about out there. It's about in here. It's not about looking at it from out there. It's about looking at it from inside. The answer is in here. It's not out there. I can't even remember what she was talking about, but that was basically what the right end was, was the other end, the opposite of looking out there, the opposite of thinking it's in a book, the opposite of thinking that I have to do something this way or that way. It's not the outer thing that you're doing. So you have the scribes and the Pharisees standing on the street corners praying so that other people can see them. Well, is praying wrong? No. It's praying so that other people can see you is wrong. Is it wrong? No, it's not wrong. You got your reward. They saw you. Now you have puffed up your ego. You've puffed up reputation. That's what you wanted. That's what you got. Your prayer has been answered. Oh, no, but I was praying for something else. Oh, no, you weren't. The prayer of your heart was answered, no matter what your lips were saying. So that is what we're talking about. We're talking about how we hold it, not what we do. By observing ourselves, we find where we are violent, in which center, what forms of behavior. That's what we find out by observing ourselves. We must do violence to ourselves to overcome our own violence. This requires great insight into what we are. To reach heaven, an expanding state of consciousness, we must be violent on certain habits of thought. We must be violent on certain habits of feeling. Someone gets a new car and you feel like the universe isn't giving you what you should have because you don't have a new car. Do violence on that feeling. Don't allow it. We must be violent on certain attitudes and certainly on pictures of ourselves you need to be a vandal when it comes to pictures of yourself you need to vandalize them you need to deface them you need to remove them this gives force we must work on ourselves deny ourselves so the force goes into our aim what good is the force if it just fritters away if it just leaks out through some other area that we didn't know about it doesn't do any good at all we've got to have it connected with our aim what is your aim if it didn't just clearly ring in your head like a gold bell, then you're not clear enough on what your aim is. One of your aims right now can be not to be violent, not to react with violence. Many of you already have that aim. Take it deeper. Take it a step deeper. So if your aim now is not to blow the horn when someone pulls out in front of you, great. I'm sure you've got that one down. You can actually not blow the horn when someone pulls out in front of you. Someone does something on the road that you don't like, and you're a horn blower. If you don't do that, good. You've reached that aim. Now it's time for another one. And what's the other one? Go deeper. Get to the root of what makes you want to blow the horn and deal with that violently. Do not allow it. But it just springs up in me. Yes, I know it does. Do not allow it. It's a thought. It's a feeling. It's an attitude. That's what you need to go after. Turn the fire off under the pressure cooker. When that horn goes off, it's really just a steam horn. It's a pressure cooker blowing off steam. Turn the heat off. You can stop blowing off steam, but unless you turn the heat off, you've got a problem. So get to the source. That's your next aim. And that's what I have to say about that. Often the practical application of these ideas sounds like it's going to be easy. The ideas sound great. When we actually run into a situation or a person who's being a little more difficult than we'd like, we find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. If you've hit a snag with some aspect of this work and its practical application in your everyday life, 
I invite you to write James at solidrockvista.com. Sometimes a fresh perspective is all it takes to get us back on the right track.